Hello there, everyone. Welcome to Digital Nomad Mastery, the podcast and the videocast where we teach you how to make money while traveling the world. And on this episode, we have a special guest, Ocean Bloom, who's been a digital nomad for the last few years, and she's actually currently in Zurich in Switzerland, and she took time off from her busy schedule to be on the interview. We're going to be asking Ocean about her life back in Vancouver, BC, Canada, what made her uh, decide to... Uh, uh, jump ship and start to travel around the world and what she does um, um, for uh, making income online and she has a particular fo uh, focus and passion for health and fitness and a lot of digital nomads struggle with that I know I do when we're traveling uh, to stay fit and healthy in terms of working out exercising eating healthy sleeping well so we'll be asking uh, Ocean some advice and tips on how to stay healthy while on the road so Ocean uh, to start off with why don't we share a little bit of your background your history and uh, what made you become a digital nomad? Um, I listen to my heart more than my head. Life is short and if you were to die tomorrow, would you feel like you did something amazing, exciting? Um, point, I can say yes. If I die tomorrow, I did some really cool shit. Can I swear? Is that okay? <laughs> it's all good, all good. Um, you know, just be yourself. Um, uh, I can definitely relate to that. I mean, we decided to leave Vancouver, BC, Canada on December 6th, uh, 2016 to travel the world with my wife and kids. And uh, if I were to die today, tomorrow, or the next week, I could say that I've lived life to the full and uh, uh, I've followed my dreams. So good on you for following yours. I would love to hear a little bit about the backstory, the origin story of what made you actually make that decision. So now that you're on the road, you're traveling around. I know you've been in the Maldives and uh, Thailand and uh, you're in Switzerland. You'll be in London next week. Uh, but what made you actually leave and uh, have that uh, change of mindset and the change of actually uh, life direction? Yeah, um, thank you. In 2010, I was a competitive athlete. I was writing for a fitness magazine. I was a sponsored athlete as well for a supplement company. My life was entirely externally based. Um, so I made my money through personal training and through competing in fitness. And, and again, with the um, supplement company, you know, it was my job to um, model for ads and, and products. So my whole life revolved around the physical body and athletic. I also worked in the film industry and one of my very good close friends who looked like my sister, blonde hair, blue eyes, um, a few years older than me. We did stunts and uh, special skill stuff with weapons and lots of fun, big action movies. In 2010, uh, my girlfriend got lung cancer and shortly after developed two brain tumors and the brain tumor started to cut off the function to the left side of her uh, body, making it really challenging for her even to lift up a plastic cup. And I went over to her house. And it's the first time for me, too, that I had somebody close to me that had cancer and that I was able to witness that um, experience. And she looked at me very matter of factly. And she said, you know, look what these brain tumors are do doing to my physical body. She wasn't emotional about it. She just was like, this is, you know, such a strange experience. That was the first moment for me that I felt, um, I felt guilt. I felt shame for my own personal, um, I'm not even sure the word now, but 
like I took my my physicality for granted and and so that really shocked me I was like wow you know I get up every morning and I push myself and I judge myself um for what I need to do better I don't look good enough and this woman right here is now you know can't even go to the toilet properly and put her clothes on or drive a car so that moment really shocked me and then she asked me if I only had two years to live, what would I do? And, and it, it's really like that moment where your whole life flashed before your eyes and you ask yourself, are you happy right now? And if I died tomorrow, would I be happy? And, um, you know, it was an intense moment, but also probably one of the best moments for me because it really made me assess life. And, um, you know, I looked at her, I said, wow, if I, if I had two years to live, I would travel the world. I'd go to India, Cambodia, Bali, Thailand. I would, you know, go see castles and white sand beaches and temples. And when I said to her, um, Thailand, she got really excited. And it's the first time in months that I seen her eyes light up. And she said, please, 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 let's go to Thailand. If you could go there and set it up, you know, I want to go there. And it was just so exciting for me to see the light in her eyes again. So I was like, done, let's do it. And I knew in that moment, without a shadow of a doubt, I had to change everything. That, that, was, that there was a mission and a calling, and then that was the next move. And I'd never been so sure about something. Um, what preceded this as well is that um, she had these two brain tumors and had to have surgery. And I called her two days before she was about to have the brain surgery and I asked her how she was doing and she said ocean I, I'm totally looking forward to this I'm excited about it and I said how is that possible that you're excited to do something so well, life-threatening and she said she had done EFT emotional freedom tapping and so she had worked through a lot of the fear and anxiety around what could go wrong um, that was my first introduction to emotional freedom tapping and something I later went on to study because I thought if that could affect someone in that way then it must be pretty amazing um, so I did in that moment I think probably the same day make plans to to travel just to change everything because I mean, I felt like she was a reflection of me. I, I said to myself, okay, I've got two years to live. What am I going to do in the next two years? I need to travel the world. And, um, you know, around the same time period of her getting cancer, I lost friends uh, to drug addiction. And a big part of that, again, was like trauma in the body, not feeling safe. My, you know, my friends didn't feel safe living in their own bodies. And they weren't weak people. But the drugs were a way for them to escape the feelings that they had inside them. So part of me making the decision to go travel was to go to countries outside of North America, outside of the Western world, where healing, um, healing and health and spirituality were more of a priority than making money and what we do in the Western world. So the internal practices and focuses as opposed to the external which at mm -hmm. the time was i mean i was already teaching yoga i was already um personal training and, and motivating people to be healthy but something really shifted and i was like i don't care about the external anymore because a big piece of her story and my story 
was at that point, and I'm gonna get emotional. I didn't know who I was outside of my physical body and what I identified myself with as my job. And when I watched her and her, the, um, the loss of her physical body, that's an identity. It's like, who are you if you don't have your physical form? Who are you if you lose your job? Are you a good person? Are you a being? The majority of people don't know because they identify everything with what they have. Their job, their money, their car, their stuff. And for me in that moment, I just felt stripped of any everything. And, you know, when I was with her and I thought, I actually don't know who I am outside of my job and this this reality that I'm in. So I was on a mission at that point to find a deeper connection to spirituality and understand who I am as a being outside of what I was doing. And that absolutely became my mission, which I'm still on six years later. Wow, uh, what a story. And uh, you know, thank you for sharing so beautifully and eloquently and uh, emotion emotively. Um, you know, I, I can tell it's very real to you even now. And uh, I actually had a chance before the interview to look at uh, Ocean's website. And, uh, you know, it's very moving uh, what happened to her. And unfortunately, a lot of people, they don't have these life-defining moments uh, that cause us to change and uh, to, you know, uh, alter our lives and our minds. So, uh, you know, um, even though it's kind of a sad moment, I'm, um, in a way, it was a blessing in disguise because now you are living your life purposefully uh, with attention and meaning. She was the greatest thing that ever happened to me. Um, excuse me. Um, you know, that all transpired, I think, like in the summer of 2010. I left uh, in November of 2010 to go to Thailand as we had agreed to, to find a space and a place for her to come, uh, knowing that the possibility of that was small. Um, she didn't make it. She passed away on Valentine's Day, 2011. But she's the greatest thing that ever happened to me. And yeah, I'm, you know, I, I have so much um, love in my heart. Valentine's Day is a beautiful day to celebrate and to open your heart. Um, so I'm really grateful for that experience because it changed my life. I don't think I would be here. I know I wouldn't be here if that hadn't happened. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, uh, and I'm sure she's cheering you on, rooting you on from heaven or from the other side. Uh, she's definitely proud of you. For sure. I feel her all the time. <laughs> so, Ocean, uh, you know, you left uh, uh, back uh, about five, six years ago, uh, and now you're traveling around the world. So tell us a little bit about what happened since you went to Thailand, and uh, tell us about the travel journey so far. Okay, yeah, it's been an amazing journey. I've been to a lot of different countries. And, you know, as I mentioned, I really wanted to study this EFT that she had done. I also had a lot of friends. Um, I lost another friend the same year, a teacher of mine to throat cancer. Um, and then I lost some friends to drug addiction. And, uh, and I've lost many friends over the years. So my travels were very specific and deliberate to the countries that I went to. I wanted to understand these and study different healing modalities. So I went to Thailand to study Thai yoga massage and uh, emotional release for the body through touch. So I did that in Chiang Mai. Um, over the next few years, I studied NLP, neurolinguistic programming. I studied access consciousness. I studied um, transformational breathing, basically 
like I was like a sponge wanting to just soak up everything that I could. I studied trauma release exercises. Um, yeah, when went all over the world, basically study these different things. And I, I ended up getting a job in Phuket where I was teaching in a Muay Thai camp. I was the first female in 2011 to teach at one of the largest mixed martial arts camps in Asia. Wow. That, that was very, very intense for me in the first couple of years. I went in there to teach yoga. Um, half these people looked like they just got out of prison. Um, they were really nice, but I mean, it was a mixed martial arts camp. There was a uh, majority of the people were just out of the military. And I was teaching yoga to, to professional fighters. Um, but it was beautiful because you know, I, I met people from all over the world and, you know, you'd have the average person come in there as well, that they were not an athlete. They were not a um, fighter. They had no um, mixed martial arts or boxing background or anything. They simply wanted to lose weight. And I got the opportunity to teach classes, sometimes up to 70 people in a class from all over the world. Half of them didn't speak English. So that was another challenge for me was how am I going to, work with people and communicate to them in a way that everyone feels included. So um, I was, I worked there for about four years and uh, I also worked in a detox health and retreat center. And I, I began really just to understand people and what makes us similar and that we're more similar than we are different. And through all my studies of these different techniques, I created uh, a technique of my own, a treatment called conscious movement therapy. And so that's, that's my main focus now. I teach yoga. I do fitness and yoga retreats um, to offer people a whole holistic and balanced uh, fitness and wellness program and, and a good time. But my main passion is this conscious movement therapy, which I'm taking everywhere now. Awesome. Uh, tell us more about uh, that. You do use the acronym CMT, uh, conscious yeah. movement therapy. So tell us more about uh, uh, what is it? How does it work and how is it different than uh, other therapies? All right. So it's a combination of six different modalities of therapy, healing. Uh, so I went to all these different countries, right? I studied the EFT, I studied the NLP, studied the Thai yoga massage, the transformational breathing, access consciousness. I, I found what I felt were the most potent aspects of each of these, pranayama, the breath work. Um, through yoga movement and I put them all together into one 90 minute treatment and the beauty of this and what makes it different um, from say traditional therapy you know if you go see a psychologist or a psychotherapist you're using dialogue discussing issues things and stuff that have happened in the past what I do is get beyond what's going on in the analytical mind and get right to the heart of well, literally the heart in the body. So I work with people that have PTSD, post-traumatic stress, severe depression, they're suicidal, they basically don't feel comfortable in their body. And through the breath work and the movement, we literally start to open channels for energy that's been blocked and shift and release whatever's been stuck. So it's a beautiful way for people to reconnect to their emotions and release emotions without having to tell the details of what happened, whether there was sexual abuse in the past or unworthiness or, um, you know, people have seen extreme violence. Uh, so it's been, um, yeah, I've had really great results with it.
Awesome. Uh, great to hear, Ocean. And, uh, Did that answer the question? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Ocean, you do a lot of stuff online, everything from uh, private coaching uh, to uh, retreats uh, to the uh, therapies, etc. So tell us about retreats. This is something we haven't covered too much of on the podcast, the videocast so far. Uh, tell us about some of the retreats uh, you have upcoming. How do you coordinate them in terms of logistics? How do you get people to come? How do you market it? So if you can give us a little bit of a rundown of your retreats. Okay, well, I'm now based in the Maldives um, and also looking for other places in the world now that now I'm traveling. So I'm always searching for the places that have the best location, the best food, the best energy. In October, I'll be back in the Maldives and I work at three different hotels there. This is, you know, the Maldives is uh, not a cheap place to go. So it's very different from Thailand. Thailand was amazing because I'll, I'll be honest, what you would spend in a day in the Maldives, you could stay for a week in Thailand. Wow, um, crazy, eh? <laughs> yeah, so so my goal even right now is, while I'm traveling, is to find places that I can go throughout the year and travel to annually so that we have you know, a, a different scale in different places, depending what you're looking for. Uh, I'll be in the Maldives throughout the high season, October, probably till February of 2017 and 18. And I work there at a place called Amila Fushi, another hotel called Finalu, and a third hotel called Hoovafin Fushi. So I'm gonna be moving between the three different properties. Um, they all have amazing um, landscapes and spas and they offer something very different at each one, very different vibe. Yeah. And uh, how, how do you actually uh, get people to come to the retreats? Because it's one thing uh, to organize them. And so that's something I want to do as well. I want to do some uh, retreats, uh, more business-oriented retreats. So like uh, uh, obviously things like uh, being a digital nomad or social media or blogging and uh, hold a retreat and then get people to come. And uh, you know, it's one thing to organize the retreat, whole other ball game to get people to actually pay and to attend. So uh, what is some of your strategy you use to actually uh, get paid uh, people to fly around the world to come? Uh, well, I think a lot of that just comes from reputation and, and people have come to my classes for years. You know, I was a professional athlete before, so I had a huge fan base from that. And then I was in Thailand for five years and, and met all these people from all over the world. It was an amazing, amazing experience, um, the community and vibe that we created. And I think above all, that's what people want is, is a wonderful experience. So if you can show them that, then they'll come to you wherever you are in the world. Yeah, so definitely build build your brand. Uh, uh, like you said, build your brand, your reputation, and then people will uh, come. So the, that's a good uh, philosophy there. Ocean, uh, I know you're pretty fit and healthy uh, from being an athlete in the past, but even on the road, uh, you've managed to uh, work out and eat healthy and sleep well. And that's a struggle that a lot of digital nomads face, um, you know, especially with the sleep, sleep schedules, going different time zones, uh, working not in a traditional nine to five job. And obviously eating uh, healthy is difficult because uh, you don't always have fresh fruit or vegetables or markets around. So uh, sometimes you're just uh, saturated by fried food all around you. So tell us about some of the strategies you personally use uh, to eat healthy, just, uh, you know, work out, stuff like that, and sleep well. Yeah, well, it is challenging, and price is an issue as well. Like in Thailand, you can get a green juice for a dollar. You know, fresh coconuts, like there's an abundance of everything. It's amazing. Um, I paid, I think, $12 for a juice here last week. You know, it's, it, it's challenging. Um, the beauty is pretty much every gym 
in every country, sorry, every gym, every country has a gym or yoga studio. And for me, that's really exciting get to find a new space. However, I do have something here. I'll grab it. It's my absolute favorite thing. I'm just going to give me one second. Stand by here while Ocean gets uh, the little surprise. And by the way, if you're just listening to this, you should watch it on YouTube as well. We have a YouTube version of the uh, podcast. So here you go. What is this? Okay. So, yeah, it's kind of, uh, this is my sandbag. And I actually used it as a travel bag to get a cheap flight to London the other day. Rather than having a suitcase, I put all of my clothes in here. And it's got six different handles on it. I'd love to be able to show you exercises, but. I'm on the balcony, it's not exactly uh, a good space for that. But this is my favorite piece of equipment. You can do every body part with this. It's got six different handles on it. It's very light if you're traveling. You can make it really heavy and fill it with water bottles. Uh, it is a sandbag, so you can fill it with sand. And this is what keeps me going. Strength training, yoga, you name it. Awesome, awesome. Uh, thanks for That's sharing that. Yeah, really cool uh, uh, bag. Uh, how do you get that one? Do you uh, buy it online on Amazon, or can you get it at any um, you know fitness store or a retail store? Yeah, alphastrong.com. And uh, I'm hoping to – one of my uh, plans was to make more videos to be able to post stuff up there as well. So that's on the to-do list. What to do and how to do it on the road. Awesome. Thank you, Ocean. Uh, so uh, to end off with, uh, you know, uh, you've obviously achieved your dreams by traveling the world, making online income. Uh, there are a lot of people who are maybe sitting in uh, Vancouver, BC, Canada, where we're both from or anywhere in the world. Uh, they're sitting in London or Sydney and they're really dreaming of being in the Maldives or here in Trinidad where I am. Uh, but they just don't know where to start. Um, um, they have hesitations, fears, self-doubt, insecurities, etc. So what would you tell that person who's watching this, who's listening to this right now on what to do to achieve their dreams and travel the world while making income? Oh, I don't know if that's a simple answer, but you just, I know for me, I had to ask the question, could I just stay in this situation for the rest of my life? And the answer was no. So the fear of staying stuck in what I was doing, um, it wasn't okay. Just had to go. No plan. I don't know how to answer that for you. That question. Yeah, you know, it, it is a it's a tough question. I um I think um for me it was making a decision. So I had to make a decision to go uh, because I wasn't happy. I mean, uh, I'd become domesticated. So a little bit of a backstory. Uh, I'm married with three lovely kids. I was happy in my marriage. Uh, happy uh, with my kids. But I'd feel I'd been suburbanized, uh, stuck in a suburb in Burnaby, uh, commuting back and forth to uh, my business, uh, dropping my kids off in school. So I'd become a domesticated dad. And uh, a lot of domesticated dads are super happy. They love the suburbs. They like uh, having the pool. They love their routine. But for me, I wanted the sense of adventure and novelty and seeing the world. So I made a decision uh, to leave it behind and to travel. And that was it for me. Um, once you make the decision, all the logistics come into place because uh, uh, if you tr try to figure out the logistics first, the flight, the cost, the, um, you know, like the where are you going to live, the health, you, you'll kind of be bombarded by uh, reasons not to do it. But once you decide you're going to do it, then you'll figure out the rest. Yes. And so I guess that I can sum it up. It's, it's really being present in each moment. If you're clear about your intention and what you want, then you're vibrating that energy and you're going to connect with other people 
like it's, it's just a law of attraction that will happen. As you said, if you start to go into fear about what if and panicking, then that's what you're sending out and problems will arise. I can't believe just in the last few days, even going to the gym today, I, somebody yelled my name at a street corner, like, but I'm in Zurich. I don't know people here. It was like how random that, that at that one moment I was standing on the corner, like just bizarre. And it really is just being present and knowing exactly what you want. And I think that's the thing is sometimes people don't know what they want. Yeah, you want absolutely. Sorry. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. So Ocean, uh, tell us about your future going forward. I mean, uh, and now you're uh, um, in Zurich, going to London, going to be in the Maldives. Where do you see yourself in the next few years in terms of uh, this career trajectory, this life trajectory, this travel trajectory? Uh, what do you want to achieve now that you uh, made it to some degree? Well, I just want to keep doing exactly what I'm doing. I want to see more countries. Um, I love to teach yoga. I have a real gift for helping people release uh, blockages and pain and, and to feel better in their bodies. So the more people I can connect with around the world, the better. And to be honest, I mean, even if I had a million dollars right now, I would still be doing exactly the same thing that I'm doing. Yeah. <laughs> I'll just be doing this. Yeah. Yeah, I, actually, it's funny you mentioned that because uh, if I had a million dollars, I think I would be uh, still traveling like I am, maybe just invest some of the money so I can keep traveling. But, uh, yeah, you know, uh, when you achieve this goal of being a digital nomad, uh, traveling the world, seeing the world, impacting people, you just want to keep going. You don't want to stop. So good on you for doing what you're doing. Thank you. So, Ocean, uh, you know, uh, you've been very inspirational and very real. I love the fact that you're so transparent and honest. Uh, we need more of people like you who just uh, are just being themselves. Not, many, not enough people are just being themselves. It's hard enough uh, being yourself. So, Ocean, uh, if people it's wanted... It's too hard trying to be like someone else. Absolutely. That's what I'm saying. It's hard enough just being yourself. So, Ocean, if people wanted to find out more about you, about, uh, you know, your backstory, your mission, uh, all of the different products and services you offer, uh, some of your retreats, etc., uh, how can they connect with you uh, on your website, social media, etc.? Well, yeah, just that. Everything's Ocean Bloom. I have OceanBloom.com as my website. Um, that's my name for Instagram and Facebook as well. Yeah. Awesome. So um, make sure you check out OceanBloom.com. Uh, uh, she has uh, all of her social media on there. And she has some great videos as well, by the way. If you want to work out, exercise, get fit and healthy, uh, make sure you watch some of her videos. They're very inspiring. And if you're interested in her private coaching, connect with her. And also, if you're interested in going to the Maldives and enjoying an incredible Yay. country and an incredible retreat, uh, connect with Ocean as well. So thanks very much for your time today. Happy travels, and we'll catch up with you soon. Thank you. Uh, thanks, everyone, for tuning in to this episode. Make sure you subscribe to us on uh, iTunes. Leave us a rating and review. That helps us out a lot. And uh, happy travels. And we'll catch you in the next episode of Digital Nomad Mastery, the podcast and the videocast where we teach you how to make money while traveling the world. <laughs>